0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We just ask for inspiration, we ask for wisdom right now and we have for understanding. We demand, my dear, and everlasting Father, that you open up our heart. in fact, give us a fleshly heart. Not a stony heart, you promise to remove that, that you give us a fleshly heart so that we can receive your word. And we pray, God, that your word will become effectual in our life when us to receive it. Bring it the transformation that we can become more of Christ like in our daily works in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Okay. So we continue with um our study on the danger of hatred. This is part number four. The danger of hatred. I don't know how many of you are taking time to listen to this. I don't know how many of you have gotten some influence or impact with regards to this particular topic. Because it's a very, very serious thing. And uh, last week, essentially, we dealt with the issue of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus tried to illustrate to us from that Good Samaritan picture that your real neighbor is your enemy. The person you call your enemy is your neighbor. And that is to say... God intends you to do good to your enemy. Amen? Praise the living God. In fact, from that picture illustrated to us that you can be a Christian, you can be an anointed man of God, because remember, the Levites and the priest, they saw and they walked by. So, your being a Christian is not what really matters, that's not what counts. What counts is the life you live. Relation to the people around you, whatever pressure they are going through, how do you respond that is what makes Christianity worthwhile. Amen. Praise the living God. So we're going to continue from there this morning. And uh, so that you can truly understand part of what I'm dealing with. Remember I said the word hate is uh, intense hostility and aversion usually deriving from fear, anger, or sense of jealousy as you can be. I said it before that you can hate somebody when the person have done nothing wrong. A typical example is that of Joseph. The brothers hated Joseph just because they were getting revelation. Joseph did nothing wrong, but they just hated him because they saw success in his life. So sometimes you can become envious of other people's success. And the next thing that happens is you develop hatred to all those people. And that is why you should wash your mind. You should wash your heart. Remember, scripture says, you have to take good care of your heart for out of faith are the issues of life life flow from the heart so the way you think the way you respond to people's success is very very crucial and I'm saying don't be jealous don't be angry about anybody's success rejoice when people are making progress in life so that you don't develop hatred because when hatred begins to arise in your heart whatever thing they say anything they say man it gives you headache you develop sicknesses internally just because you hear the person who is saying what and saying what praise God so please, as much as possible, take note of that. Amen? Alright, so again, let's just simply look at the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10. Uh, you know the story which we read before? 25 to 35. We're going to be going through all of that. Because that is a picture of the issue of the good Samaritan that Jesus defined for us. Amen? Alright, but let's look at verse number 34 from Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 verse 34. Let's just start from that. Praise God. Hallelujah. And if you lend to them. Of whom you hope to receive. What time can I be here? For sinners also lend to sinners. To receive as much. Again. If you lend. To. So the people that you have hope to receive from, what thank of you? Nothing. Because even if they thank you, you know that you're going to turn around, they also will invite you. Amen. So automatically, the good you've done, you've already received the reward. If you lend to them of who you hope to receive, well thank you. <laughs> but you know, this is a natural man's way of living. Uh, let me not mention it, but you remember this guy in the east that had his, was it mother funeral or the father's funeral? The whole world came. Policemen came. Amen? How many cows were killed? Praise <laughs> God somebody. But I'm asking if it were you, who will show up? But the scripture is saying, if you do that, what reward do you really have? Now I'm not saying you don't have to, Yes, yeah, sh- surely you can do that if you want to. But what Jesus is painting here, the picture is painting here is this. You don't do good to the people that you are going to in return receive reward from. Every good you do, you try to do it has to do with God paying you back not the person you have done the good to now look at the next thing beloved ye your enemies and do good <laughs> and lend hoping for nothing again and your reward shall be great and it shall be the children of the highest for is kind unto the unthankful and to which people to the evil now he told you to do good to Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you listening? He said the natural man's way of life is completely opposite to the kingdom life. Look at when our president Chad got married. Even the people he did not invite. Everybody flew to us. I mean to, to is it a casino or whatever? Everybody flew there. Chatter plane and went there. No, it's good. Honoring the man at the top. No, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm asking, who will ever think of you if you're doing anything? Even if you invite them, tell me if they're going to come. Because they feel they will have nothing to gain from you. The kingdom life is completely opposite to the way of the world. That's why the Bible says, My kingdom is not of this world, it's an upside down kingdom. You know, the natural way of life is you save money to make money. But what did the kingdom say? You give to make money. It's always opposite. If you really want to be Christ-like, you got to be like your father. Look at this scripture again. Love your wish people, your enemies, not your brother, not your friends, <laughs> and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And that is why I discovered that the, the, the Samaritan woman did, I mean Samaritan man, did what he did, Without consideration to who is going to repay him, he doesn't even know who the person was. You understand that? He wasn't doing this so that the government will reward him. No, no, he wasn't doing this so that the relation of the man will reward him. Nothing whatsoever. You do good without having consideration and the hope of being—I mean of being rewarded. That's why, even the services you're rendering in church, don't do it with the mindset of getting reward serve, just serve, do the best you can, irrespective of who is there or who is not there, praise God, but love your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, what will be like, great, and your reward shall be great, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and to wish people to the evil. I'll make you understand as we move on that you are such a wicked person and yet God came to you. Do you know that? Praise the living God. Listen. Go now to the book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 46. Jesus now is talking here again. Matthew 5 verse 46. For if you love them, which love you? What reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? If you love them that love you. Now I want you to see where God wants you to extend your love. I want you to see the direction that God is giving. As for where your love really goes to. To prove that you are a son of your father which is in heaven. Look at verse 47. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans say, I mean you do the same thing. But look at this verse, verse forty eight now. Be ye therefore perfect. So what is perfection? Even as your father which is in heaven is what? Is perfect. What is perfection? You know what? We always say, no man can be perfect well human being. But God is saying, you should be perfect. He can't tell you to be perfect when he knows you can't be perfect. He can't tell you what you cannot do. It means you can be perfect. Okay, maybe we'll find it a little bit better from the Amplify translation. Amplify again, Matthew chapter 5 verse 46. God can't tell you to be perfect And you say it is not possible to be perfect. That means either God is lying or the scripture is not correct. And look at this. For if you love those who love you, what reward can you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same thing, if you will. And if you greet only your brother, what more than others are you doing? Do not even the Gentiles heading do the same thing. You, therefore must be perfect. Look at the perfection here. Growing into a complete maturity of godliness in mind and character, having reached the proper height of virtue and what? Integrity as your heavenly father is perfect. So here is the character of God. Godliness in mind, in character, have already the proper height of virtue and what? Integrity. God wants you to be perfect. And how does He intend you to execute or exhibit perfection? What you do to your enemies? Praise the living God. Are you following me? You know, relatively, if you really want to go by the scripture, it's a very hard thing to be a Christian. But yet, it's the simplest thing to be a Christian. How? I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. It's no longer you. It's Christ in you that are doing the same thing. I once thought some time ago, you know the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I remember I mentioned that to you. How practicable is that? Loving your neighbor as what? You love yourself. Now we can begin to understand precisely who a neighbor is. Are you there with me? (laughs) because listen let's take it even in the natural when you go to the market who do you consider first you see when you leave your house at the market you are thinking of the things you want to buy the things you want to get for your children and all that but the bible says love your neighbor as you love yourself is it possible that's the point so who is actually your neighbor that you need to love he is saying do good to your enemies love them no matter what they try to do Father, the Bible said, pray for those who despise, use you and persecute you. Pray for them. And there's a reason, and I'm going to explain that. Praise the living God. Psalm 68 verse 18. Remember, it says you have to be perfect as your father is perfect. The, 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 the dimension of perfection that he wants you to come into is as that of the father. So how does his father treat those people who call themselves enemies to him? Just the way you were before. Psalm 68 verse 18. I said 18 but you want to take it from 17? Fine. Take it from 17. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. Now there's a lot we going to talk about here. Holy are in Sinai what are you talking about? That God was chariot in Mount Did you see chariot in Mount Sinai? Who are the chariot in Mount The children of God. In fact, remember, what was it that Elijah was called? The chariot of Israel. Can you see that? He's talking about people. He's talking about you and I. He's talking about the church. We are God's chariot. He rides through us. He gets into the world through us. We'll come to that some other time but let's look at this 18. that has ascended right and have black captivity was captive that have received gift for men yea for the rebellious also that the Lord God might dwell among them you receive gift for which people the rebellious people the rebellious people hallelujah. Who who did God extend this gift to? Not to his children. Outside of his children. To the rebellious people. To even the enemies. To you and I. You have ascended. You know what he's talking about? This is directly connected to Jesus. Going down or coming down and going up. And receiving the gift. And manifesting precisely the very fivefold ministry. Which are gifts that God has given to you. Praise the living God. That the Lord might dwell among them. The purpose of God manifesting His gift, His generosity, is to reveal Himself in and through you. That He might dwell among them. Praise God. Are you sitting Well, let me show you this. Ephesians 4. Read it from verse number 5. And then we'll go to verse 7. And to 8. Oh Lord, it's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Okay. And then the next thing says, one God and one Father of all, who is above all and through all and you all. One God. And verse number seven. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And the next thing says, wherefore he said, when he ascended, now it's quoting Psalm 68, Upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gift unto men. Did you get it now. When he came down, captivity that means those in bondage, he released you, he set you free. And the next thing he did was to do what? To give you gifts. And what are the gifts he has given to you? We can just move on a little bit. Look at the next thing. Now that he ascended, what is about he also descended first into the lower part of the earth. And verse 10 says, He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And then the next one says, And he gave them, Hallelujah. What is that? Apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some what? Teachers. Teachers. All of those five gave, they were given by God, God and give to you hallelujah so the people that god sent to you are the gift you gave to you and basically to bring you to the place of perfection and maturity that you can be like him and that is why you don't actually joke with the people god sent to you this five for ministry they are gift and the point is this when you receive these people as a gift to you you get the benefit of the gift that's why he says, He that received a prophet in the name of a prophet, shall receive what? The reward of a prophet. So, it depends on who the person is to you. It depends on how you take care of or value the gift God has given to you. The primary thing is this. When he ascended, he brought some gifts and he gave them to you. For the perfecting of the saint, for the work of the ministry. until we all come to the measure of the sight of the fullness of Christ. This is a primary thing God gave to you as a gift. Outside of that, He begin to bless you with those spiritual gifts, all of those you were talking about in the morning, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, all of the gift of the Spirit, He gave to you. But remember, you were not His friend, you were not His son, you were not His brother when He did that. You were a captive. What that means is, you were in slavery, you were in bondage before He gave those things to you. He didn't give them to His children, He gave them to enemies. Praise the living God. Are you still here? Now look at Exodus 23 verse 4. Exodus 23 verse number 4. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. If thou meet thy enemies' ox. I don't know. Just go to Amplify. Exodus 23 verse number 4. Amplify. Very interesting passage. You know world always say that we don't have need of the Old Testament. But that's a big lie. The moral laws of the Old Testament. Amplify the character of God. If you meet your enemy's ox. Or his donkey going astray. You shall surely bring it back to him again. Whose person's ox? Your enemy's ox. Not your brother who. Not your friend's own, not your child's own, your enemy's. ox. I want to think about that. <laughs> if you if you have hatred for somebody, if you truly have considered somebody to be your enemy, you see his car going up in flame or anything happening, will you respond? Is Good. God, don't catch up. You see what I'm saying now? But the Lord says if you see your enemy's horse going astray all the donkey, what are you supposed to do? Get hold of that animal, take it back to your enemy oh that's wonderful are you getting what I'm saying here? listen as a true child of God you have no permanent enemy you can't afford to have one Because you see, the responsibility, the responsibility that goes with you having an enemy is not a joke. Praise God. Look at the next verse. If you see the donkey of one who hates you, (laughs) not just your enemy now, the man that hates you, lying helpless under his load, you shall refrain from living. The man to cope with it alone. You shall help him to release what? That animal. The man that hates you. I you to see the direction God is taking his body to. Listen. If we truly come to this realization and do this thing God is talking about. I think the gospel will go faster than it is today. The world will have peace. Because one of the things that happen is this. When you're doing good to your enemy, you are melting that individual. I'll make you see that. You're transforming the heart of that individual. You see, the person comes to life and begins to say, This person did this to me? Hallelujah. I'm talking of the person that hates you. You can't afford to see the person that hate you. You know he hates you. And is in trouble. And then you close your eyes to it. No. That's not what the Bible says is much more important. You know what the Lord says? He honors his word more than what? His name. The word of God is more important to him than you shouting Jesus, Jesus. Practical daily life is more important to God than all of the noise that we're making. Unfortunately too, within the church, we have so much enemies today. And yet, Even when we think about those that hate us, we don't even do what the Bible says we should do. How many of you are looking out to assist the person that hates you? You discover somebody hates you. Now, how many of you are looking for an opportunity to prove to that person that hates you that I know you hate me, but this is what I can do for you? Look at what he's saying. You see somebody with such heavy load and all of those things, and the person that hates you, What are you supposed to do? Don't leave him alone. He said, go help the person. Praise the living God. I know this is hard. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. This is hard. But that is how God intends us to live as believers. That is what he's saying. He makes us mature people. Perfect like he is. You can't be like somebody else. You have to be like your father. Praise the living God. Romans 12 verse 18. I need you to just think around these things as we go through them. Being a child of God, being a Christian, living in this world, living amongst people. Hallelujah. Romans 12 If it be possible, as much as light in you, live peaceably with how many people? Amen. Amen. Not Christians. Amen. Not your denomination of people all men a muslim, a hindu, a zoroaster, a jehovah's witness, all men the mormons, all men live peaceably with all men praise the living god are we see here you know what i'm trying to do how to overcome hatred is what i'm showing you what you do to overcome hatred in your heart and even those who hate you. Your response to hatred is what I'm dealing with. How do you respond to people that hate you? How do you respond to the people that have shown and proven him, themselves to be your enemy? What is supposed to be your response? That's what I'm showing you. Praise the living God. Look at verse 19. Dearly beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave the very... I mean the way open for God's wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay requit, says the Lord. Don't avenge yourself of what people do, don't try to pay back what people have done to you. Don't revenge in any way. Leave that to God. Praise the living God. And I've explained this to you some time ago. One of the reasons why God will not want you to avenge because you don't want to measure the offences that have been committed. God sent in his word a tooth for a tooth. But if somebody try to pluck off your tooth, I'm very convinced you are going to remove tooth from that man. You don't know how to measure the offenses and the consequences of the offenses. That's as I say leave offense to me. Leave the vengeance to me. I take care of it. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. I take care of it. Leave that to me because you can not do it. You, you, you don't know how to measure justice. You don't know how to. So leave that to me. Praise God somebody. Are you with me? So that's what he's saying your Beloved, never avenge yourself. But leave the way open for God's wrath. Leave the way open. That means don't come between what God wants to do. And yourself. Or that individual. Leave the way open. Don't avenge. Don't think of offending and avenging yourself. Because somebody love that way open. There is he way where you have to leave open for God to do what he wants to do. But by the way. Don't rejoice, even if God have to do anything to that individual. Because that alone will shut the way. If God knows they're going to be so happy that something evil has happened to your enemy, certainly nothing is going to happen to that person anymore. You've already closed the door. Are you sitting there with me? No, you, you, you don't rejoice when your enemy falls. Don't rejoice when Somebody that hates you falls. no, Or anything evil happens to somebody that hates you. Don't rejoice about it. It's not in you to rejoice. You should feel the pain. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at verse 20. Oh here we go. But if your enemy is hungry. (laughs) Feed him. If he's thirsty. Give him drink. For by so doing. You will hear burning coals upon his head. Oh, somebody say, now I know what you're saying, pastor. This is the best way to go. Yes. We call a fire upon that somebody's head. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can I explain something to you? I will talk to you about that. You don't understand what the Bible is saying here when it says he call a fire. Amen. What does fire do in the first place? Fire changes the state of anything. Anything. Even if you burn wood, it turns to arches. From there you can have diamond. Nothing is wasted for anything that fire consumes. Everything that fire works on, it becomes something better. It only changes the state. I don't know if you're getting that. You see, the structure, the molecular structure of the wood is still there. It only changes the state from that hard substance to arches but remember the artist can be worked upon and it becomes diamond and diamond becomes what you use for your ring so you have not actually destroyed the tree you only change the form of the usage of that tree by burning the tree praise god somebody so when you consume your enemy you only change their state and what he's trying to tell you here is the way by which you change the state of your enemy is to do good to your enemy by so doing, you melt in the heart of that individual, you're changing his state instead of being a hateful or enemy to you, it will turn to the place of saying, oh my God, I wish I never hate this individual, I wish I never have that kind of enmity in my heart towards this individual, I don't know she could do that to me, are you getting what I'm talking about? that's what it means so for him, fire it's not talking about this your prayer on fire, come down, kill your enemies, whatever. I told you last week, you were just wasting time. You think fire consumed them, fire. You don't know what you're talking about. What about those people that came out the day on Pentecost? What happened? Fire consumed them. What happened after the consumption? They had glory. They had power. They start preaching the gospel. They have fled for removing. New spirit entered into them. Sometimes when you pray for your enemy for fire to consume them, you are empowering them to do greater things that you least expected. That is what you don't know. You play the blood, you don't understand what the blood means. The blood speaks from the life of God. <laughs> Leviticus 11, 17, tessals, uh, remember that? The life of the flesh is in the blood. So when you say the blood of Jesus, you play the blood on your enemy, what are you doing? You're giving them life. And he said oh no. Remember what happened in Egypt. You have no understanding. Read your Bible again. God said, "Pull the blood on your lintel." Is that what he said? He said, when I will pass over, when I see the blood, I, God, will pass over you. The blood was not meant to scare the devil. The blood was meant to protect you. To see you as a child of God, so that the angel of destruction will not touch you. So when you play the blood on your enemy, you are trying to say, protect your enemy. You have no understanding. The blood is for protection. Hallelujah. Is anybody still following me? Those are not the prayers supposed to be praying. They are childish, sensual, not heavenly. They have no relationship with scripture or the mind of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So here we go. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For by so doing, You will burning coals upon his head. By implication, you are just going to be doing good. One of the things you also bring up on the early times, I explained that to you I think last week. When you come from the farm in the village, my uncle can bear me witness here. When you come from the village, maybe rain, drench or whatever, the next thing you want to go to your neighbor's house to get some coal of, you know, to make your own fire. You understand that? You go to your neighbor's place and get some coal so that you can make up your own fire. So he's saying, don't give little coal, give him a whole bunch on his head so that he can have enough coal to make up his own fire. That's what he's saying. He's not talking of judgment. He's talking of being good to your neighbor, being good to your enemy, being good to anybody that have need. That's why you're saying that. Why would you think Giving good things will become fire to somebody for destruction. No. Somebody is hungry. If he's hungry, he wants to make food. There is no fire to make the food. Give him enough coal to make up his fire so that he can cook food and eat. Hallelujah. Are you following me? I'm talking about your response to hatred. Your response to your enemy. This is what it is. As believers, as Christians, God said, Vengeance is mine. Praise God. You know, Paul took this from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 21. Proverbs 25, 21. That's where Paul took this from. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to do what? To drink. That's what Paul was saying. Praise the living God. Right, and look at the next thing If you look at it, the next verse. What he said, for in doing so, you will heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord will reward you. <laughs> Praise the living God. Can you see the point here? Why will God reward you if what you are doing is meant to destroy the person? Are you seeing it? For in so doing, you weep, call of fire upon his head. And the Lord will do what? Reward you. How is he going to reward you? If what you meant to do was to destroy the individual. No. Is it making sense for you now? Praise the living God. The Lord rewards you because you are doing good. Because you are just like him. You are perfect like him. You are doing good to your enemy. You give him water. You give him food. You give him clothing. You're doing all of the things that God would have done. If it was a human being. Your Lord will reward you. When you heap coal or fire on people's head. How many of you learned to heap coal from today? Try heap coal on somebody's head. Amen. <laughs> you know what it means to heap coal, isn't it? Praise God somebody. I need some coal from you. Heap some fire coal on my head. Amen. For the Lord will reward you. That's the good thing about it. When gold are being heaped on people's head you get a reward so learn what you're saying here you do good to people God will reward you praise God somebody are you saying it sorry it's not meant for judgment it's not meant to kill people it's not meant to burn off your enemy I've always told you even when you tell people fall down and die you, you are not actually talking about the people because spirit don't die because you say well I'm talking about the spirit that's using the individual no spirit don't die that spirit will leave that individual and enter another one. You sit that out on the fall and die. It will leave that one and go to another one. That's why it's going to kill all the people. Because the spirit will keep on moving from one person to another. You know, it was clear in the scripture. When Jesus came to the cemetery, the demons there that were, there. oh, look, come on. You haven't come to destroy us. It's not your time. Permit us to leave the head, leave this man and enter the head of this man. spirit don't die. So you only transfer them to another person. So we say fall and die, you're gonna die, sister. You fall and die, that one father, the spirit does move down, enter the whole oh, brother. Oh spirit, fall and die. He transmits to another brother. Are you killing all the people? Because the spirit doesn't die. If the spirit die, why is the devil still all over the place? The devil is spirit. You keep on killing the devil, and the devil refuse to die because he will leave and enter another man. Whoever opened himself to the devil's as a temple. Are you listening to me? So this prayer makes no sense? You're just acting like a typical enemy. In fact, you, you you are evil in what you are doing. You don't know. If you feel the spirit is responsible for that individual, then get it right. Once that individual drop dead, the spirit moves into another person. And God forbid, when you leave your enemy, you can enter your son. So when you start praying for your son to die, when you leave your son, you enter your daughter. You'll be killing all the people the spirit is just doing the job are you following me there are some prayers you can't afford to pray if you have spiritual understanding praise God time will not permit us to read this story but look at second, just write it down Second Samuel 16 if you look from verse number 5 hmm? alright <coughs> excuse me you know just look at verse 8 okay, let's rush from verse number 8 maybe that will help us Verse 8. Yeah, here was a guy. Saul was running away. I mean, David was running away from Saul and all of those things, and here was a guy from Saul's family insulting David, throwing stones at him. You remember that? Yes, and yes, someone said, Come on, let me go take off this man's head, and let's hear what David said. Let's just read from verse number eight. The Lord had returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul in whose stead that has reigned, and the Lord have delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, thy son. And behold, thou art taken in the mischief because thou art a bloody man. This an insult to the king. Then he said Abishad, the son of Zeruiah unto the king, Why should this dead dog cause my lord the king? Let me go over and pray thee and take off his head. That's how to deal with enemies. Hmm? <laughs> and the king said, What have I to do with you, Yes, son of Zeruiah? So let him call because the Lord has said unto him, Call David. Who shall then say, wherefore have thou done so? And David said to Abisha and to all his servants, behold, my son, which came forth by my boy, seeketh my life. How much more now this Benjamin do it? Let him alone. And let him cause for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will requite me good for his causing me. And as David and his men went by the way, she might went along on his side over against him and caused as he went and throw stones at him and cast dust on him. Praise the living God. Did you see that? You see, this is where the Bible says David is a man after God's heart. He had opportunity to kill this young person, insulting him. He said, Just leave him alone. I mean, can you take insult from people as a child of God? Can you take insult from people? Oh, think about that. That's what we're saying. Be like your father. Can you take insult from people? Can you allow people to abuse you and you will not pay back? I mean, is it possible? Think about that. Praise the living God somebody. I want you to get it. Amen? So here, you find that David showed kindness unto this individual who had every opportunity to destroy him but he said, no, allow him. Remember, it was not just ordinary insult. He was insulting him and throwing stones at him. He was walking. David was on the way. He was throwing stones, casting stones at him. So David was just dodging the stones there. And yet, saying nothing and doing nothing. Can you do that? Hallelujah. If the enemy hunger, feed him. Do not we talk from any man, the office of mercy and kindness. Because they have been God's enemy before yet God fail you, close you, preserve your life, do to your enemy as God have done to you. That's what we're saying. Summary. That's what I'm trying to make you understand. You have been an enemy of God before. For when we were yet enemies, God died for us, sent His Son to die for us to reconcile us. We've been an enemy of God. What did God do to us for being an enemy? He sent His Son. You have to be perfect like your Father, who is in heaven. His world, is perfect. Praise the living God, somebody. The way to promote peace is to do good, even to enemies. I need to write them down. The way to promote peace is to do good, even to your enemies. The way to promote peace is to do good, even to your enemies. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody say, you talking about? When people come, they want to kill me. What do you want me to do? God is going to defend you. I have a video on the phone. Somebody sent across to me. There was this man in the north. He's a pastor. All about 30 people entered his house, break through the back door. They want to kill him. And the children were all crying. The wife, everybody. And he simply told them, can you allow me to pray one prayer before you kill me? So can he down and pray? He knelt them, closed his eyes, and the guy was praying. What's the next thing? His wife caught him. He opened his eyes and said, what happened? He said, they've gone. Where are they? He said, they've left. They left through the same back door. He's still alive. They have opportunity to kill him. But God preserve his life. It is God that can preserve you. It's not the things you have. It's not everything. Even chance are failing people. How many of you remember that? <laughs> so, what am I saying here? The way to promote peace is to do what? Is to do good even what your enemies. Number two. The way to bring a man to repentance is to do him good. Amen? The way to bring man to repentance... To become remorseful of the hatred he has for you is to do him good. Once the person has developed hatred in his heart for you and you start manifesting good words and you are melting the heart of that person That is a heap of coal we said before. And that is how God has been living with man. Praise the living God. Are you there? Come on. Are you following me? God's design has always been to release peace, to so release to release mercy, to release compassion to very rebellious people. See, tomorrow that's what it does. Give me book of Romans, for instance. Let me show you something. Romans 2, look at verse number 4. Well, let's say 3 and 4. Romans 2, 3 and 4. Praise the living God. Amen. And thinkest thou this talking to the Jews. Oh man, that judges them with those such things. And are we not the same? that thou you escape the judgment of God. Look at the next thing. Or despised thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth you to what? To repentance. The more God releases good to you, the more you decide to follow God. One of the major reasons why you are a Christian today, because he manifests goodness and long-suffering and forbearing towards you. You can never be too tired of anybody. Long-suffering is one of the qualities of the Father. Don't forget what he told us. You have to be as your Father in perfection. He can endure. God wants you to endure situations that ordinarily are not endurable. He wants you to endure them. You want to be like him? This is what he wants you to do. Praise the living God somebody. If men will act on the principle of the gospel, the whole world will soon be at peace. If we can act out what the gospel is teaching us, the whole world will be at peace. In the beginning I told you, according to John chapter 4, remember the story of the Samaritan woman? Remember that? And that of Jesus. What happened? I told you the Samaritans had no dealings with the Jews. In John chapter 8, in 5, they told Jesus, We said you are a devil, and that you are a Samaritan. That is why you are acting the way you are acting. We said you are a Samaritan. They hated this Samaritan. They don't have anything to do with them. And remember what the woman said, You being a Jew, I am a Samaritan, and we have no dealings. Why are you asking me to give you water? Oh, Jesus, I have to make her understand, understand something. If only you know the person that is asking for water, you will never forbid him giving me the water. But think about that. Jesus had to build a bridge to be able to get the person back to himself. An enemy, that's what the, the person was talking to, to bring her back to himself who be a Jew. So he reconciled the Samaritan and the Jews on that particular instance. For you to get people to know God, you must build a bridge. You don't have an enemy in your heart. You can't have somebody to hate. Nobody, even if you discover somebody hates you, find a way to be a bridge. If we can go by this principle, the world will have peace anytime, anywhere. Praise the living God. No man will survive himself many times to be overwhelmed in this way with course of fire. You can't be tired of even call on people. You remember what I mean by that? Right. Never be tired of even coal on fire. People say, Never be tired. That is how God works, that is how God lives. It's the joy of God to see you recoil of fire on people's self. Because in so do you are met in their heart. They become overwhelmed. They have to have a second thought about you. One begin to see you, oh man, I hate this guy. But even though they hate you, you are doing good to them, you melt in their heart. Nobody can resist coal of fire. Nobody can resist good. Nobody can resist good. I repeat it, nobody, no matter how bad the person is, and they see you doing good to them, they can't resist it. You melt in their hearts. They turn to somebody. They end up becoming your friend. The enemy becoming your friend because of the good that you are doing. Praise the living God. Let me try and round up in this way. I need you to get this right because it's very important. That you come to that place. That you should be able at all times. To heap coal or fire. On people's head. What am I saying? Your response to hatred. Is the good that you do. Your response to evil. Is the mercy that you show. Your response to hatred in your life is how much good you are going to do to these people. In so doing, you're turning them back onto you. No matter the offense. Listen, we are not serving to please men. We are serving to please God. We are not worshiping to have the accolade of people we are worshipping to have the acceptance of God, praise God somebody it is God we are thinking about it's what God says that matters not what we think, your environment can't teach you what to do it's God's word that teaches you what to do, and Jesus said, if you keep my commandment, then I you my disciple indeed it's not by saying I belong to Jesus it's what you do, belonging to Jesus how does he call you to be a disciple? Keeping in word. His commandment. Just following the simple instruction that I was given to you. When you keep on walking that way, then you are my disciple indeed. What are we talking about? What would Jesus do if somebody hated him? What would Jesus do if somebody insulted him? You think about it. How will he respond? What about what you do to God? I told you in the very beginning, you can hate God. I mean, if you remember that, praise the living God. Exodus 5, verse number, I mean, 20 verse number 5 tells us you can hate God. You can love him less. What does he do to you? For hitting him, if God can forgive, if God can respond with goodness, if God can have long suffering, hoping that you are going to turn one day, if God can continue to see you, that even with the way you are behaving, He will still have compassion, He still have mercy, He still have long suffering, He still have forbearance, which is equal to forgiveness. How are you supposed to respond when people mistreat you? It's a way of life that God has come to show. I am the way of life. I am the way to the Father. I am the truth. He has come to reveal the kind of light that men can't see, men can't walk in, men can't walk through, but He has given us the door through the Spirit to so move through these principles that we should be able to live a perfect life right here on the face of the earth. And what is perfection in this instant? is amount amount of love you show to those that hate you. How many of you are ready to walk with God? How many of you are ready to move with the spirit of the Father? How many of you are prepared to become as perfect as God is? He said, be ye perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. You can't escape that. It's an injunction, it's a commandment, it's an admonition and that is that's the way God has ordained that we're going to live. We are going to live in perfection. How does perfection will come in? As much as we can heap coal of fire on our enemies' heads, on those who hate us, we manifest imperfection. By implication, you grow to the place where what people do will no longer hurt you. They can't touch your love. They can't touch your joy. They can't touch your mercy. They can't touch your kindness. You will be prepared anytime, time, any moment to release to them. Even when they don't need it, it's going to come to them. And that's what? no man remember what we read in the book of exodus 23 if your enemy's horse is going astray what are you supposed to do take it And give it back to him. Don't turn your back on your enemy's property that is going into destruction. Don't turn your back on people who hate you when they are in trouble. Don't turn your back when your enemy is in the hospital and they have no bill to pay. Pay the bills. Don't turn your back on your enemy's children when they are getting into trouble just because they hate you. No, rescue them. Take it back to them. Don't turn your back when you see your victim as an accident. Because the person hates you and is bleeding to death. Don't turn your back. Take that individual, clean him up, take him to the hospital, pay the bills. Just that a good Samaritan could do. Don't turn your back on people. God never turned back on you with all the life you are living, He's still manifesting goodness. Don't turn your back on anybody. Nobody is so wicked that goodness cannot change. When you manifest goodness to people, you melt in their heart. They're gonna come back to you. They call themselves your enemy, but you call themselves your friend. Anytime you see an enemy, he becomes your friend. Pray for your enemy that your heart will turn. Pray for your enemy that your mind will come back to God. Pray for your enemy. Do good to them and turn them from their wicked way. That they will see God as their father's were. God bless you, somebody. Stand up and let's begin to talk to the Father. I want you to see how God works. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. I need you to talk to the Father. If you hate anybody or you think somebody hates you, begin to forgive right now.